should pagan rituals be inside of a church? A church is a building, consecrated, sanctified, hallowed for the worship of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And that's that. Just ran a poll asking that same question over here. And you can see, look, 97% of you say no. Pagan rights should not be in a Catholic church. I don't know what the other 3% were thinking. That just doesn't make sense to me whatsoever. All of this goes back to this video that I featured last week. And it looks like this. Let me cue it up. Here's a man. This is in San Bernardino, California. It's the Synod Mass, opening mass for the Synod. And here's what happened. This guy has a feather. And he's doing, I didn't know it at the time, it's called smudging. Let's watch the smudging. Here we go. You can see that they've got those uh, banners, Synod 2021-2023. This is the Synod on Synodality. Synod on Synodality. And he's walking clockwise around the portable altar with the plants all around. And he's smudging with the feather. Here we go. Let's watch him. Now he's going to get the rattle out, and he's going to do some rattling with the smudging feather. Here he goes. And I'm going to explain. I, last time I'd covered this, I didn't really understand some of this stuff. I've done some research. Some other people have helped me, so we're going to figure out what's going on here. Uh, it is pagan in origin, not surprisingly. Let's watch a little more. We begin to the north. So this is where he begins praying to the into the four directions. Uh, do you want me to keep doing this, or have you had enough? Cool Let me just see if there's anything else. Our bishops. Yeah. Thank you. There's a lot more to it. I think I think we can stop there. I think you guys got the gist. This is all about the synod on synodality. Pope Francis wants synodality. What does that mean? It means locally in every diocese or in a region, there are synods coming together of not just bishops anymore, but bishops, priests, religious, and a lot of lay people. And last week I was on with Matt Gasper here on uh, the Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast, and we went through the language of the documentation for the Synod of Synodality. It says no one is excluded, not even un unbaptized people, not even other religions. So everyone is part of the synodality of the church, and they're all making contributions, and we're all walking together. 
there's we want so much we don't francis wants so much synodality so many synods he's having a synod on synodality and i was joking around with um my friend dan who does some of the editing here on the taylor marshall podcast and especially the editing on the second channel there's actually two taylor marshall channels there's this one which is the main one there's a second one which is highlight videos and dan makes those highlight videos and we were joking about the meme from about over 10 years ago that says you know i heard you like cars so i put cars in your car so you can car while you car he came up with this one it's based on that meme and it's yo dog i heard you like synod so i got you a synod on synodality and put in it a synod so you can synod at your synod that's how much synodality is in effect right now now when it comes to the liturgy the idea is that the local community will determine the liturgy so if the local community is native american they're going to native americanize the liturgy which is what you just saw on the screen where he has the feather and he's doing the smudging around the altar we just saw a short clip of it it goes on for quite some time plus the prayers to the north, the east, and the south, and the west. So I'm going to explain you their theology of feathers and smudging. And then I'm going to ask you the question, should this be in the Catholic Church? Should this be in the Catholic liturgy? Yes or no? And I want to thank you, the audience, because sometimes I don't know the answers to these things when it comes like, what is the feather? What does that mean? So people reach out to me and they provide answers. And one of the things I got was from someone who follows me on Twitter. There were several people, but this one was helpful. It started me down the rabbit hole. This is from Veronica. And I asked about this feather ritual. What's going on with this feather ritual? Veronica says, completely 100% pagan, and yet I am still shocked and never cease to be amazed at Francis. He doesn't even try to hide anymore. He is on a rampage. And here is a, I'll blow it up so you can see it. This is on Etsy, and it's the smoke fanning, feather saining, pagan, Wiccan, uh, Celtic saining. And if you click on this, let me, uh, let me share you what you see when you go to purchase one of these smudging feathers, you'll see this. Um, let me see, let me make this a little bit bigger. So you come in here and then you look at what you're checking out with. And if you can see that underneath where you see me, it's a smoke fanning feather. It's for saining pagan Wiccan and it's $12.20. And I explored around in Etsy and there's a lot of these pagan shops um, selling these liturgical items for the practice of smudging. And I didn't know what smudging was, so I did some searching around, and uh, I came up on, let me show you something else, this site. I didn't even know that this site existed. Kind of crazy. There's Wikipedia. Apparently, there's also Witchipedia, and it's a bunch of witches uh, doing witchcraft, occult, magic, all this evil stuff. And uh, I'm going to read from you today what the purpose of smudging is. And I think you're going to be shocked. Let me just read one little piece here for you. Um, smudging is done for a variety of reasons. To purify or cleanse a space, person, or object. To connect with the land. To connect with or get attention of spirits. Including space, uh, place spirits, gods, and ancestors, etc. 
Yeah, that's what we're talking about today. When we see a man walking around with a feather, smudging. Let's pray because we need prayers. Let's pray to our Father together, Oremos, and then we'll get into it. In nomine Patris et Fidi, et Spiritus Sancti, Amen. Pater Noster, qui es in Celi, sanctificetur nomen tuum, venia regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in cielo et in terra, panem nostrum quotidianum de nobis odie, et emite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, se libera nos malo. Amen. Nomine Patris et Fidii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. So yesterday uh, we covered the topic of Pope Francis appointing Jeffrey Sachs, who is a prominent, famous globalist who is on record in his own books and in his own public work of wanting there to be free abortion, universal for all humans. And this man who promotes universal abortion and universal uh, access to contraception, two things against Catholic moral teaching, was promoted and appointed by Pope Francis to the Pontifical Academy of Social Sciences. I covered all that in yesterday's podcast. So if you want to see that one after this one, uh, go back and check it out. And that reminds me, if you want to get access to all these videos for free and get reminded, make sure you subscribe and that you hit the bell so that you'll be notified whenever I go live on these very important topics. And while you're at it, please like this video and please share this video on Facebook. Okay, so we just looked at the odd pagan drumming um, that went on at the synod, opening synod mass in San Bernardino, California. California. And now I'm going to read to you about the purpose of these smudging feathers. You saw the man, uh, presumably Native American man, going about the altar clockwise with a feather and wafting it like this. Do I need to show it again? Maybe I do, because I see another few hundred people just joined us, and they may not actually know what it is we are talking about. So I'm going to bring it back to the beginning and just give you a little preview again, and then we'll go into what well, we got a little. Here we go. All right. I'm going to run it. That's smudging with the feather. You know, and so traditionally, in the, if you go to the traditional Latin mass that, you know, the Roman rite, uh, the priest is going to, uh, well, if it's a high mass on Sunday, you'll see the asperges, uh, the sprinkling of the altar, and then also you'll see incensing the altar during the mass. That's preparing the altar for sacrifice. Uh, to, it's not something that's pagan. I know Protestants would be like, oh, that's pagan. Pagans use incense. But remember, these liturgical acts derive from the Old Covenant from the rituals and rites that God instituted through Moses and then the apostles then incorporated as Jewish men from the Jewish temple rituals into Christian liturgy. So the idea of holy water and the idea of sacred incense comes from the Old Testament. It's Jewish, it's Hebraic. If you're interested in those topics, I actually wrote a book that traces all the Catholic customs um, from the Old Testament, and it's called The Crucified Rabbi, 
Judaism and the origins of Catholic Christianity. I'm talking here about the Old Testament Judaism, not rabbinic Judaism right now, two different religions. But the authentic religion instituted by God through Moses gives a lot of background and typology for Catholic sacramental theology and liturgy. If you want to learn more about that, check out my book, Crucified Rabbi. I'll also send you a signed copy over at patreon.com. If you're a generous benefactor at certain levels, you'll get that book and a bunch of other books sent to you in the mail. I'll autograph it and send it out. Patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall. So what we're seeing here is a Native American man using Native American ritual inside a Catholic church. And fortunately, Victoria notified me of this on Twitter showing that it was pagan. And then I went down the rabbit trail and started searching and reading about it. And one of the places that I found was, as I mentioned earlier, Wikipedia. And so I started reading and it says, smudging involves the burning of herbs to release their aromatic scent for a spiritual or ritual purpose. So smudging is a form of offering incense, but it also includes the feather as a fan to move the incense or the smoke in certain directions, which makes sense because when you watch the full video that I already covered, you'll see that the Native American man, I don't know if he's a shaman, don't know what his title is, he actually prays um, to each of the four directions, north, east, southwest, and has certain specific things associated with each one and also has the liturgical directional movement here. So, Smudging, the purpose of smudging, is to purify or cleanse a place, person, or object, to connect with the land, to connect with or get the attention of spirits, including place spirits, gods, and ancestors, to create a welcoming space for spirit beings to dwell, to drive away unwelcome spirits, disease, or general negativity, to sanctify an object, person, or area as an offering to please the spirits, gods, or ancestors. So the smudging here with the feather is really to invite spirits, gods, and ancestors into the place and get rid of spirits, gods, and ancestors that you don't want, that aren't welcome. Does that, my friends, sound like the one true religion instituted by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, second person of the Trinity? I'm going to say... Eh, it doesn't. That's paganism. Paganism. What is paganism? Paganism is a religious belief system that is based on superstition or idolatry and usually polytheism, multiple gods. That's what we mean by paganism. Now, as we go down here, we see that the smudging of herbs, it can be uh, different things. It can be tobacco, it can be sage, different plants. But what I thought was interesting is there, there was a learn more link on smudging in the Native American tradition. So I clicked on that and it specified that Native Americans smudge with the feather, the smoke, and they use herbs such as tobacco, sweet grass, sage, and cedar. And then it says, in the above medicine wheel, which we convey as the wheel of life, there are four directions for smudging. Now, this explains why the man on screen in this Catholic church, 
for a Catholic mass, mind you, addressed prayers to the four directions. So this site says, we are born, life begins in the east. The teenage years are in the south, the midlife years is in the west, and when we reach the north, we are grandmas and grandpas and nearly ready to go to the spirit world as we have done our many deeds on Mother Earth. This is totally pagan, people. This is not Catholic. And the spirit wheel, the wheel of life, signifies the four directions. The journey does not end in the north because we go to the spirit world and then the cycle continues. Okay, that's not Catholic either. That's not Christian. The article goes on to say smudging, and that's using, again, the smoke and the feather. Smudging helps us center ourselves with the four sacred herbs mentioned, tobacco, sweet grass, sage, and cedar. We begin by using a shell or a bowl with a fan or feather. We then smudge the room slowly, walking clockwise around the perimeter of the room. If you'll notice, I didn't show it in this clip, but if you watch the full length, he does move clockwise around the Catholic altar. It's a freestanding Ikea Luther table altar, but he does go clockwise around it, which is following what I'm reading in this Native American pagan outline. Pagan outline, not Catholic. Okay, so walking clockwise around the perimeter of the room, fanning the smudge pot, keeping it lit, and wafting the smoke about. Smudge any medicine tool you will be using, such as a pipe, jewelry, outfit, etc. It is a good practice to smudge each person in a group circle ceremony and lodge. Starting from the east and holding the smudge pot lit, each person can bathe themselves in the smoke. Many people smudge the heart area first, next the head area, and then down the arms and then down towards the legs. This isn't the only way you can smudge. Uh, it isn't wrong to smudge another way. We can purify and cleanse fairly regularly in this day and age with so many sickness and bad feelings around. Um, for more information on legends and stories, a good book to read would be Ijabwa Heritage by Basil Johnson or Ask an Elder, elder and Offer Tobacco. Hmm. Okay. Well, what would happen if you brought a Cohiba? That'd be interesting. Okay, so this is what's going on in Catholic churches. The Bishop of San Bernardino needs to know that he just invited paganism into his Catholic church and desecrated it. Now, maybe there is a way that you say, well, this is sort of enculturation. Gee, Taylor, this is enculturation, okay? Don't be so judgmental. Look, enculturation has happened. You know, you go to Mexico and there's Mexican devotions. I've been there. Go to Poland, Polish Italian's going to look at different than Greek Christianity and Syrian Christianity and Egyptian Christianity. I get that. I get that. But when I go to a Italian church, I do not see the god of wine Bacchus depicted and celebrated inside the church. When I go to a Greek church, I don't see Zeus and Hera in the church statues of them or their rituals you might say well about holy water incense pagans use that kind of stuff yeah but that also comes from the old testament there's a long tradition in god's approved liturgy of things that are used we see incense for example used 
in the Apocalypse, the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 4, 5, and 6. I have a whole 18-part long, long audio commentary on every book of the Apocalypse. You can find that here on YouTube or on Spotify, iTunes, Audible for free. It's all there. Just search my name, Taylor Marshall, Book of Revelation. Listen to it. But even there, they're using censors, thurbles, to offer the incense in a certain way. All right? This is different. This origin comes from pre-Christian pagan liturgy. Now, back to the problem at hand, and that is synodality. Everything has to be synodal, which means, and actually this idea was, was innate. It was already present in Vatican II. It was already present in the Novus Ordo, because the Novus Ordo, if you read the general instruction, it says that the liturgy can be adapted by the pastor for certain contexts. Once you include that, you know, and then there's also options like you can choose which penitential rite. You can use, uh, you can choose which uh, Eucharistic prayer. And so I've said before, instead of the traditional Latin mass where the priest has one script that doesn't change, he walks to the altar, the script is the same, and he comes off the altar. The script was the same. The architecture could be different. The vestments could be cut different. But it's tight. In the Novus Ordo, the pastor is able to change the script and add his own words. And that's why I say the Novus Ordo priest is a DJ. He's doing the remix penitential rite B, Eucharistic prayer 2, memorial acclamation 1. And my concern is giving the priest that much power over the liturgy gives him over a 10-year period the impression that the liturgy is not the church, the liturgy is not Christ, it's his liturgy. And he can customize his liturgy however he wants to do. And then you start seeing priests add words to the liturgy, add sections to the liturgy. I've seen it with my own eyes. Now you might say, well, Taylor, I've, I've been in Novus Ordo and, and it was beautiful. It was like, it was in Latin and it was at Orientum and he kept his digits together and there was an altar rail and that's great. But remember, the the freedom that gave the priest to create and present a reverent Novus Ordo, that same freedom is allowed for him to do, uh, to introduce a smudging liturgy uh, in inside of a Catholic church. You know, this. And so I want to challenge everyone today watching. I'm going to challenge you. I'm just a dad with the webcam. I'm not a doctor of the church. I'm not a bishop. I'm not a pope. I'm not a cardinal. I have zero magisterial authority. I'm simply talking to you through a webcam right now. I want to challenge everyone watching to ask hard questions, such as, is this liturgical experiment good for the faith, good for children, good for clergy, good for the church?
you know, I, I kind of jokingly said before, if it's all about enculturation, well then, darn it, here in Texas, I want to wear my jeans and my uh, pearl button shirt and my large felt cowboy hat and uh, guns on my hips and spurs because that's my Texas heritage. And darn it, I want to be enculturated too. Or if you're in Ireland, you need to have people dressed up like druids. That kind of stuff. Like where does, you know, again, I am all about allowing local expression in the liturgy. That's different. For example, uh, in Poland, you're going to have celebration of Marian um, apparitions or Marian images that are important to the Polish people. Uh, in Mexico, Our Lady Guadalupe is going to be more popular and, and more celebrated in the art and the architecture than Our Lady Guadalupe is going to be in Syria. That's fine. That's good. Right? Even, you know, when it comes to uh, styles of architecture, you know, Gothic and French and German areas and maybe Northern Italy and then, you know, Baroque, more in Spanish areas. That's all great. It's wonderful. What I'm talking, so don't hear me say that. What I am saying is taking rituals, words, gestures, prayers, liturgies from other religions and inserting them into Christianity is bad. So the Pachamama is an idol of Mother Earth from South America. Do not put it inside of a church. Bad. Francis thinks it's cool and you should do it. I'm saying, based on historic Christian teaching and the teaching of the Old Testament and the New Testament, you should never have a filthy image or an idol of a non-Christian reality. Can you have a crucifix? Yes. Can you have a cross? Yes. Can you have an icon of Christ our Lord? Yes. An image, statue, icon of Our Lady, the Theotokos. Yes. The saints. Yes. Angels. Yes. The Holy Trinity. Yes. What about Thor? No. No Thor. No Thor. Um, what about Zeus? No, nope, can't have Zeus. What about... Athena. No, can't have Athena either. What about Aphrodite? Nope. No Aphrodite. What about Pachamama? Nope. Can't have that either. Right. And then taking the liturgical rituals of those other religions, you can't bring those in either. Can't do that. No way. No way. Now, you can explain how you can do the theology of, okay, your pagan forefathers believed in a fertility goddess, right? And that it related to the crops, but that was false. That goddess was a demon. That goddess is not true, right? But the idea of fertility is good. And we as Catholics do believe that fertility is good. We're all pro-life. We're into honoring and not defacing planet Earth. I think we can all agree on that. That's part of our principles here, that we're stewards of the Earth stewards of the material world, all those things. But you can't say, and so, therefore, we're going to bring your totem pole of the fertility goddess inside the church and make it part of our worship. No, no. 
And part of the problem is, is you have people who perhaps mean well, who say things like, well, there are lesser lights. Bishop Barron is one of them. He says there are lesser lights in other religions. So if you follow those lesser lights in those other religions, you will be saved in that religion. Drawing off statements from Lumen Gentium, Nostra Aetate, Vatican II documents. So you can never be saved in another. You can only be saved in one religion, the Catholic religion. One church, one faith, one salvation. That's it. And again, if a per, any person who is saved will be saved only through Jesus Christ, and they will only be saved if when they die, they have in their heart, in their soul, faith, hope, and charity, and repentance. And anyone who has those things, they could have mistakes in their mind, they could have incorrect notions. But anyone who has faith, hope, and charity, the grace of God and repentance in their heart, they'll be saved. Might have to go to purgatory, but they'll be saved because we have to die in a state of grace, in a state of grace. And the beginning of grace is holy baptism. And the strengthening of grace and the preservation of grace is in the sacraments. And the restoration of grace is in the sacrament of penance, confession. That's the deal. So can there be the expression of local culture, local art, local architecture, all those things in the Catholic Church? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why German Catholicism was expressed for hundreds of years in a way that looked different than Spanish Catholicism. No one has a problem with that. What we have a problem with is the shift that happened in the 1960s, 70s, 80s, into our time, which is, well, then therefore, let's just bring in other religious stuff into the Catholic Church and blend religions. Mm, mm, mm. And sadly, this is where I may lose some of you. Hopefully I don't lose you. Sadly, the liturgical changes that were made in 1969, 1970 with the Novus Ordo Mass and all that, those liturgical changes loosened up the liturgical tightness we had to allow for the importation of other rituals, rites, religions into Catholic worship. And that's not good. That's why I'm so often saying, if you can, if you can, try to find a traditional Latin Mass. Check it out. When you first go, you're going to be like, whoa, this is different. I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with this. As I say, it's kind of like the first time you ever tried a beer. You're like, I'm not so sure about this. But after five times, you're like, I understand now why people like beer. It's the same thing with the Latin Mass. You're going to go and you're going to say, hmm. But after you've been five times, you might, I get it now. I get it. So go check it out. Go find a Latin Mass. If you have to migrate, if you have to drive, do it. Do it. I'm not saying drive eight hours a day or even, I'm not even saying drive two hours a day. I think that's excessive. But if it's, you can get to the Latin Mass, it's 20 minutes away, do it. Do it. The Synod of Synodality is going to be disastrous. Um, I believe in the principle of subsidiarity. That is, lo locally, people should have an input on the decisions that are made for them by mayors, by governors, and yes, by bishops. 
that's important. I agree with that. But when it comes to the faith, theology, dogma, doctrine, morality, and even the liturgy, honestly, I don't think lay people and even priests and deacons should be consulted on how to change it locally. It's not how it's been for hundreds and hundreds of years. I understand there are different rites. There's the liturgy of St. John Chrysostom. There are the Syrian rites, even in the Roman rite. You know, we had the, the, the Sarum rite and the Gallican rite, and there's the Ambrosian rite and all that. That's, that's all legit. But again, remember, each one of those rites are not incorporating local religions into the liturgy. And that's the big difference. I hope that you can see the distinction that I'm trying to make. One has to do with cultural expression and cultural style, like architecture and art. The other one has to do with the incorporation of religious symbols and liturgies, words and actions into our liturgy, words and actions. And that's no good. That's no good. Okay, so um, let's say a Hail Mary. And this will be uh, for the preservation of the Catholic faith and the reform of the church. Nomine Patris et Fidei et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus et benedictus fructus ventris tu, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, or per nobis peccatoribus, nunc editor mortis nostre. Amen. Nomine Patris et Fidei et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. I want to say one thing about Halloween, because that's coming up. People say, what about Halloween? Pagan. Look, how I've done shows on Halloween before. Halloween has a Catholic Christian origin. And yes, it was in, in some places used as a tool of evangelism to bring pagans into alignment with the Catholic Church. But notice that on Halloween, if you go to Mass on All Saints Day, or if you went on October 31st, which wouldn't be All Saints Day, but you're not going to go in and see a bunch of idols, gods, um, a scarecrow guy walking around, skeleton people walking around, witches walking around. You're not going to see cosplay and LARPing or anything going on. It's going to be mess. That's how it should be. That's how it should be. When people say, Marshall, do you celebrate Halloween with your family? I say, yeah, I'm a Catholic. I'm like, what? I'm like, Halloween means Hallow's Even, Hallow's Evening. I celebrate Hallow's Day, Hallow's Mass, Hallow Mass, which is November 1st, All Saints Day, and we observe the vigil. And the vigil is Halloween, or All Saints Eve. And they're like, well, uh, they're confused at this point. Okay, If celebrating Halloween means that you put fake decomposing zombie bodies in your front yard and witches in your front yard and all kinds of weird pagan death paraphernalia in your front yard and get all creepy and spray blood everywhere. Uh, no, I don't do that. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. But celebrating Halloween is a Catholic holiday and you can bring in cultural expressions. I think that's fine. But bringing in anything pagan, it's like, hey, let's celebrate Halloween and do a Ouija board. No. Hey, let's do Halloween and have a seance and consult the dead. H to the no, no. See what I'm saying? Like, there's a line of culture and expression, and then there is, I'm sorry, 
there's that distinction. And then there's the line, the boundary of doing things that are immoral and pagan and evil in another religion, and you never cross that line. So you can celebrate Halloween as a Catholic holiday, but you never do a seance. You never do a Ouija board, and you never consult the dead. Or invoke false gods. I hope that's clear. All right, I already prayed. So I'll just say, make sure you pray the rosary every single day. October, month of the rosary. Pray the rosary every day, or you're not on the team. Read the Bible every day. Go to confession every two to three months. Uh, find a good priest to lead you. Uh, listening to a guy on YouTube named Taylor Marshall is not spiritual direction. Uh, you need good priests who give you good answers and good uh, tailor-made answers to your problems and your life. And by tailor-made, I mean custom, not by me. Not by me. Hmm, what else? Oh, yeah, if you want signed books, go to patreon.com forward slash dr. Taylor Marshall. Some of those different support levels will be changing. Um, and I think you'll get, they'll be better if you start, if you want to be a patron, do it now. Um, I'll make those announcements coming up. I'm going to be offering some more books and things like that coming up. What else? Got a couple good shows coming up. Uh, I was going to do a show on the, uh, the layman who got tackled on the altar. But I'm hearing all kinds of different stuff on that, so maybe I'll wait another day and get more data. Um, till, till then, I thought there was something else important I wanted to say. Oh, we had the big webinar this week, and uh, I might be able to uh, extend the replay. Some people are asking, is there a replay of it? I'd like to, I missed it, but I'd like to watch it or I wasn't able to get in. Uh, so look for that as well. Okay, remember, our Lord Jesus Christ is the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless and Godspeed. Happy month of the rosary.